Friday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, one of the biggest what-if scenarios for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. What if the lockout never happened? Find out on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the world. And we're going to conclude our week of what-if scenarios with a pretty big one that I actually did a little bit of research into. So I hope you all enjoy today's episode as we conclude this week of shows. And just as a reminder, you can hear this podcast or any of the previous episodes via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And also, also, make sure to rate comment subscribe if you have not already i have not checked that in a while but if you guys are leaving three stars or five stars i very much appreciate it if you leave three stars tell me why (laughs) but uh let's get on with today's show actually before we go on to today's what if scenario just want to remind you that i did talk about the 24 or the proposed 24 team playoff scenario in yesterday's episode so if you want to hear my thoughts on that click on yesterday's episode yeah i i have some scathing thoughts about that but we won't talk about the playoffs anymore let's talk about one of the biggest what ifs in mighty ducks history and this one kind of goes in reference to wednesday's episode so wednesday i talked about what if the ducks had won the cup well then they would have had a pretty weird offseason yeah that whole offseason after the 03 stanley cup final was a very weird one After Paul Correa did not win the championship, we assumed that that timeline would go on. So just to give a little background on that, I want to ask, what if the lockout did not happen? In other words, what if the 04-05 season actually played? Oh boy. Hmm. This is kind of a nifty subject for a lot of people because who knows what could have happened that lockout season. So I'll give a little bit of background. Let's start with the 03-04 season, the one that actually happened. Everything was a mitigated disaster to say the least. The only good thing about that season was the draft, where the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, as they were known, they got a couple of good players with their draft picks in the first round. They picked up some guy named Ryan Getzloff. He would go on to be pretty good for the Ducks. And they got another guy in the first or the second round, some guy by the name of Corey Perry. Yeah, he was he was pretty good, I guess. I mean, he played for the Ducks for a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> after Paul Correa left for the Colorado Avs, Steve Ruchin was named the captain for the Mighty Ducks, his one and only season as captain of the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Yeah, Ruch. He tried. He tried his best. The Ducks just were not the same team because once Paul Correa left, that took away a lot of their scoring. So what would happen there is the Ducks would sign Sergei Fedorov and they'd sign uh, Vaklov Prosbal. Yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work. Sergei Fedorov was kind of on the back end of his career. Sergei Fedorov has been almost a lifelong Red Wings player. That's where he was known. He was known as a Red Wing for most of his career. In fact, he had spent, I want to say, 12 or 13 years in Detroit. Then he went on to Anaheim. Yeah, he was on the downslide of his career at this point. 
And then later on, he would play for Columbus, the Capitals, and then that would be it as far as his NHL career is concerned. So they tried to get him. I mean, he was the leading scorer for the Mighty Ducks that season for what it's worth. But clearly you have a Sergei Fedorov player that is on the downturn. And same with Prosball. He was second in the team in scoring. So that's what the Ducks tried to do. But, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened. Mike LeClaire, he didn't play much. He only played 10 games. Rob Niedermeyer, he didn't play much either. Uh, Chistov didn't do that well. Andy Mack. Andy McDonald, he was having some concussion issues, so he didn't play a full 82. In fact, Andy McDonald only played, well, he missed three games, but he just was not the same player because he was dealing with headaches, he was dealing with concussion symptoms. So he wasn't the same. The Ducks' biggest problem wasn't in goaltending. Goaltending was okay. Uh, Jiggy, uh, Jean-Sebastien Jiguer, he had a decent season, 262 goals against a 914 save percentage. Uh, Martin Gerber, he was a very good backup and actually had better stats than Jaguer that season. So there was a possibility that Gerber was trying to get a stranglehold of that number one goaltending spot. But the biggest problem, and Ducks fans, stop me if you've heard this before, the Ducks just could not score. Huh, that sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? That sounds like this year's Ducks team that have pretty good goaltending, but not enough scoring. In fact, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim were among the bottom teams as far as scoring. The only teams that were worse than Anaheim as far as scoring. The Columbus Blue Jackets. That's one. And is that it? No. The New Jersey... No, not the Devils. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes. That's it. That's the list. Only two teams were worse than the Mighty Ducks as far as scoring goes. Once again, the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets were worse. The Ducks were the third worst scoring team in the National Hockey League. So they needed to do something. The, obviously, the Ducks did not make the playoffs that season. The Mighty Ducks were an abysmal 29-35-8. and eight. It was bad. It was really bad. Uh, their overall record was 29-35-10-8. They had 10 ties sprinkled in there because ties were still happening that season. In fact, that was the last season that we would have ties before the lockout started. So the Mighty Ducks, they were a team that really didn't have an identity. They were still looking to find out what they were or what direction they were going to go. But that wasn't the only problem for the Mighty Ducks. Because the Mighty Ducks didn't score and they weren't winning games, fans were starting not to come a little bit and there wasn't the home ice advantage that the Ponda used to have. Or back then it was still called the Pond. So the Pond was not as intimidating a place, mainly because the fans were not going as much. But also, losing Paul Correa is big. And not having LeClaire there, that was also big. You lost two key components to your Ducks team. Uh, Fedorov and Prosball led the team in points. Uh, Sergei led the team in goals with 31. Second was Peter Sikora, who had 23 goals. And third was Steve Ruchin with 20. That's it. Those are the only players that had 20 or more goals. In fact, only six players had double-digit goals. It was not a great season for the Mighty Ducks. They had trouble scoring. They had trouble passing the puck. Uh, passing was big, a big problem for that Mighty Ducks team. They just could not get anything together as far as their passing game goes. So overall, 
it was not good and the Ducks were looking to make some changes but little did they know there was probably some big troubles out on the horizon okay well oh my goodness I'm so sorry folks what is it Daisy are you freaking kidding me you want to go out for a walk now seriously what the two mile hike up to the mountains wasn't enough <sighs> Daisy, I don't have the energy for that right now. I really need a boost. Oh, wait. I know. I'll just grab a built bar. What do you think, Daisy? I guess that sounds good to her. Oh, now Zuri's here. Okay, go to the go to the other room and we'll go for a walk, okay? Great. Okay, Ducks fans, are you looking for that extra boost to get you going? Why not try the best tasting protein bar in the land? Yes, I'm talking about our incredible sponsor, Built Bar. With over a dozen fantastic flavors, you're sure to find your favorite, whether it's double chocolate mousse, salted caramel chocolate, or orange chocolate cream. For a marathon runner and energetic dog owner like myself, it's vitally important to have a protein bar that is not only packed with protein, but low in calories and low in sugar. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm almost done. Girls, quit staring at me like that. Anyway, all nut-free Built Bars contain 15 grams of protein, only have 110 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. If you want to try a Built Bar box yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first order of any box of Built Bars. Once again, that's BuiltBars.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com, and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, that's spelled L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $10 off your first order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Okay, after I return from walking these puppies, we'll explore much more about this most interesting what-if scenario. Stay locked in. Okay, okay, let's go. Oh my gosh, let's go. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by Built Bar. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And we were talking about one of the biggest what-if scenarios. What if the lockout didn't happen? And I was talking about the 03-04 season where the Ducks did not make the playoffs. They were just awful. So now in this scenario, now we are coming up to the scenario where what if the lockout does not happen? Well, if the lockout doesn't happen... I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this, and this might be controversial to say. If the lockout did not happen, there might not be a Mighty Ducks or a Ducks team in Anaheim anymore. Yeah, I said it. The Ducks wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. There'd be one SoCal team, the LA Kings, and Ducks fans would have to root for the Kings. All of them. Yeah, I said it. I know what I said. Let me explain why. After that abysmal 4 season, the Ducks were in a state of unknowing flux. They had no idea what they were going to do. Uh, Jaguar 
started to allow some bad goals. Gerber was opting to get that number one spot away from J.S. Jaguar. But then a few things happened right before the lockout. Now, I admit, at the time, I was going to every sporting event possible because I just got in a car. I was going to Laker games. I was going to Clipper games a lot because tickets were cheap. I was going to Dodger games a lot. I was going to Angels games a lot. I was basically going to as many sporting events as possible with the cheapest tickets as possible. Because again, I'm an adult. I have a car. Tickets were cheap back then. There was ways to get $5 seats to multiple games. So why not? I went to a bunch of Ducks games. Went to a bunch of Kings games. I was all over the place. When the lockout happened for the NHL, that took away two teams. So I remember very specifically, and this is kind of like going into personal bit here. I remember the summer of 2004 when the NHL was off. The Lakers had just lost the NBA Finals. And I was going to a lot of Dodger games. I was seeing Lima time, Jose Lima. But then there was something interesting that was happening in the Midwest. Something with Kansas City. So as the offseason was panning out... There were some rumors starting about possible relocation for a Kansas City team. This was a thing. So I'm going to go back to July 15th, 2004. This comes from the Kansas City Business Journal. And it goes on to say that they are looking to have a new team. And this is regarding the United Hockey League. And I'm going to go ahead and quote the article here because it's kind of interesting. Quote, the credentials of a new head coach introduced Thursday suggest that a new Kansas City minor league hockey venture means business. The first head coach of the yet-to-be-named UHL team is former NHL player Daryl Williams. He comes to the AA Kansas City team after two years as an assistant coach with the Cincinnati Mighty Ducks in the AAA American Hockey League, minor league hockey's highest division. Hmm. During the two seasons before that, he coached the Long Beach Ice Dogs in the West Coast Hockey League to a 63-34-12 record. Hmm. Williams was introduced at a news conference at Kemper Arena, where the team is scheduled to play its first ever game October 15th. End quote. I'm going to end it right there, because Kemper Arena is a pretty old arena. In fact, they hosted the Kings, not the LA Kings, the Sacramento Kings, Back when they were the Kansas City Kings. We're talking the 80s. Yeah, the Kansas City Kings moved to Sacramento in the mid-80s. I want to say 1985, 1986. So that's the same arena, Kemper Arena. Kind of old, but that was going to be their temporary home. So why is this story important? I'm going to go even further into this article. Quote, Williams, who played with the NHL's LA Kings in 93 and retired as a player in 99, said he was excited about working with a successful management team that is expected to be a conduit to the NHL's return to Kansas City. End quote. This is interesting. As you may or may not know, Kansas City used to have an NHL team, the Kansas City Scouts. And this has to do with the scouts of the Colorado Rockies back in the 70s. Same team. Kansas City lost their team. And this article continues. Quote, 
Stephen Frank, who leads the new UHL team's ownership group, Kansas City Professional Hockey, LLC, hopes to buy an interest in a new NHL team that would play at the proposed $250 million Sprint Center. Here's what Williams had to say. We're going to be the ones who bring the following for pro hockey in Kansas City. If an NHL team comes, it comes from us. Adler said that if and when an NHL franchise is attracted, the new UHL team would be moved to another city. End quote. This is interesting. Now this is gaining some traction. Now Kansas City is looking to find a tenant for their yet-to-be-built Sprint Center. Sprint Center, I should point out, was not due to open for a couple of years. This is a very important fact. And the article finishes, quote, In the meantime, Adler said he expects to continue his record of success as president of the minor league team. As president of the Houston Arrows Hockey Club from 1997 to 2001, Adler's marketing programs helped set IHL gate revenue records, he said. From 92 to 96, as co-owner and president of the IHL's Atlanta franchise, his teams had the highest ticket revenue, $4 million, and highest cash sponsorship revenue, $3 million, of any minor league hockey team. End quote. So now we have a record of success. And the reasoning behind this is, if Kansas City's minor league team does very well not only at the gate, but as far as sponsorship goes, that could attract an NHL team when the Sprint Center opens. So the lockout starts. But what if the lockout doesn't happen? Well, here's what happened. Kansas City, they went ahead and had their season. Meanwhile, in the NHL, the Ducks were struggling with everything. I mean, the Ducks were trying to figure out future ownership. And here's where the story really takes precedent. And I specifically remember this story because it happened on my birthday. This is an article from the Associated Press from September 10th, 2004. I read this article when I got home from the Dodger game that night. Because, you know, the Dodgers were home, the Angels were not. So here's that article. Quote, A group headed by Howard Baldwin, former owner of the Penguins and Whalers, has offered to buy the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. A source familiar with the deal told the AP. Baldwin declined comment other than to say, quote, I'm always interested in the NHL. Yeah. It goes on to say, Baldwin is among three possible suitors for the team owned by the Walt Disney Company, according to the LA Times. Texas businessman David McDavid, who nearly purchased the NHL's Atlanta Thrashers and Atlanta Hawks, and Henry Samueli, whose company operates the Arrowhead Ponds, are also interested. Here's what the article then had to say. The Times said Baldwin is believed to have offered $50 million, the figure Disney paid for the Ducks to join the NHL as an expansion franchise in 1992. Baldwin's bid would be financed and might require Disney to defer payment of some of the purchase price, a source familiar with the negotiations told the Times. And by the way, Baldwin owned the Penguins from 92 to 98. He was also part owner of the Minnesota North Stars who moved to Dallas. So there is a track record of Baldwin being part owner of a team that moves. The Mighty Ducks market had been on the market for years. 
and Baldwin's interest in buying the Ducks coincided with efforts to build a new arena in Kansas City, which would become the Sprint Center. So this is the interesting part. Baldwin was saying out loud, if he were to purchase the team, he would move the team to Kansas City in a couple of years, in time for the 06-07 season. Why is that important? Well, that is the year that the Ducks won the Cup. But without a lockout, that leaves negotiations wide open for this to happen. So if there was no lockout, it's very possible that that sell could have gone down to Baldwin and he could have sold the team, or not rather, the Ducks could have sold the team to Baldwin because at the time, he would have been the high bidder and that very likely would have meant that the Mighty Ducks would have moved after the 06 season to Kansas City. So with the NHL lockout taking place one week after that AP article went out, that pretty much put the death knell on any movement for the Mighty Ducks. Once that article came out, rumors were starting to spread a lot. Would the Ducks move? Those rumors lasted for about a week because a week later, the lockout began. Nothing was allowed to be done. Yeah, so they had to cancel the season. Of course, they canceled that entire season. And with that, the rumors started, they began to stop a little bit. You know, they kind of put the stop sign and said, whoa, um, maybe we shouldn't do this move. Maybe we should wait and see what happens with this lockout. Well, as it turns out, the lockout was the best thing that could have happened to the Ducks. If there was no lockout, here's what would have happened. They would have played on. The rumors would have kept going, hanging a cloud over the entire season. Because Henry Samueli was not the high bidder at the time. There were no negotiations happening yet. So, if the season had gone on, it still would have been Steve Ruchin as the captain. Mike, Mike Babcock would have still been the coach of the Mighty Ducks. And to be honest, with the team constructed as it was, it could have been a disaster. The Ducks lost Martin Gerber to free agency. Actually, that happened on the NHL draft. Martin Gerber was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes for Thomas Malik and a pick. Uh, they made a trade with the Thrashers. They trade Nick Havlid for Curtis Foster. Okay. Yeah, to say the least, that did not go as planned. So the Ducks already lose their great backup goalie. They lose Havlid. They lose Prospal, who, by the way, was the second leading scorer of the previous season. So if you think the Mighty Ducks had a hard time scoring in 03-04, they would have had an even tougher time scoring in the 04-05 season. They could have very well been one of the worst scoring teams in the entire National Hockey League. Yeah, Sergei Fedorov would have been all the scoring and that would have been it. It would have just been Sergei Fedorov, Steve Ruchin, maybe Andy Mack will come back with a good season. Maybe Rob Niedermeyer comes back with a good season. Maybe LeClaire comes back with a good season. But to be honest, those players needed their rest. Fedorov was starting to get a little bit older. He needed the rest. Certainly, LeClaire needed a rest from having only played 10 games of prior season and just really going through injuries. Jaguar would have been the guy without Martin Gerber to back up. The backup role 
would have fallen on the shoulders of Ilya Brizgalov. And I believe that Brizgalov would have had a pretty decent season. But we're talking probably 65 to 70 games for J.S. Jaguer. That would have tired him the hell out in 04-05. And for what? To go 11th or 12th place in the league at that time? Yeah, goaltending would have been okay. But scoring would have been an absolute disaster. So I believe if there was no lockout, you would have had the Ducks doing poorly. You would have had the aroma of this fog where the Ducks could move. Maybe they won't. Meanwhile, this new team in Kansas City, would they have done better or worse? Well, here's what actually happened. The Kansas City Outlaws played their first and, as it turns out, only season in the United Hockey League, which at the time was considered kind of another double-A hockey league, much like the ECHL. The AHL was triple-A, ECHL and UHL was considered double-A. And they played their games at the aging Kemper Arena. And the AHL was still going at that point. So a lot of those NHL players that went to the AHL, they would have had to stay in the NHL. So the AHL would have been less strong. It would not have been as compelling of a Calder Cup playoffs. In fact, if the season had gone on, there would not be a record crowd at the Spectrum. Or I'm sorry, the Wachovia Center. I mean, I call the old building the Spectrum. I forget it's the Wachovia Center. We wouldn't have had that epic matchup between the Chicago Wolves and the Philadelphia Phantoms. One of the best AHL seasons to date. And one where over 20,000 fans packed the Wachovia Center to see the Philadelphia Phantoms win the Calder Cup in 05. Would that have happened? Probably not, because you would have had a slew of different players not in the AHL. They would have been in the NHL. Uh, for sure, Cam Ward would not be playing with Lowell. Uh, Lightning would not have been playing with the, with the Chicago Wolves. Jeff Carter, he may have gone up to the NHL, but instead, he was on a team with Patrick Sharp, Mike Richards, Ryan Reddy, to lead that Philadelphia Phantoms team all the way to the Calder Cup. That's a strong team for the AHL. But without the NHL going, where else are they going to play? So you have these now star players playing for the Phantoms. That would not have happened. I guarantee you the Philadelphia Phantoms would not have won the 05 Calder Cup. The series would have gone on. It probably wouldn't have gone as well for Chicago either. That might have been a pretty decent year for the Cincinnati Mighty Ducks because the Mighty Ducks of Cincinnati, they had Getzloff, they had Corey Perry. I mean, they had a really good team. As it was, they made it to the playoffs only to lose to the Chicago Wolves. So for what it's worth, we would have seen a different landscape in hockey altogether. We would have seen Cincinnati playing a lot better. They could have made a deep run to the Calder Cup. The Ducks, they would have to endure question after question of, are they going to move? Are they not going to move? What's going to happen? I truly believe that if play had stuck around as is, the Ducks very well could have been sold to the group headed by Howard Baldwin, and we very well could have seen the Mighty Ducks move to Kansas City. So here's what would have happened. 
they would have played the rest of the 04-05 season in Anaheim. If they would have sold the team after that season, they would have moved for the 05-06 season to Kemper Arena to play for one season, and then they would have played at the Sprint Center. Because the Sprint Center, at the time of the lockout, it was still being built. It wasn't done yet. Ooh, wow. So if it wasn't done yet, what would happen with other sports there? As it turns out, maybe not as great as we would have thought for Kansas City. Because that arena was going through problem after problem. It barely opened in October 2007. So it would have been a huge push to try to finish the arena as is. Yeah, October of 2007. So they had talked about the arena. They got... They got stuff going. They didn't break ground until June 2005. The lockout had ended at that point. So Kansas City was already falling behind as far as getting an arena. So the Ducks would have had to play at Kemper Arena for at least one, maybe two seasons before moving to the brand new Sprint Center at the time. And I'm sure that would have been a great thing for the league. But something else to keep in mind. Hurricane Katrina, what did that have to do with Kansas City? A lot, it turns out. If you remember, the New Orleans Hornets, they were forced out of their home and they were looking for different arenas to play at. Sprint Center wasn't done yet. So the New Orleans Hornets played their games at the Ford Center in Oklahoma City for 06-07 and not Kansas City. So they split that season between the Ford Center and New Orleans Arena instead of KC. And as it turns out, who knows? Kansas City may have had a basketball team at that point. But the timing of the arena was just off a little bit. So he would have had a Ducks team opening the arena and possibly the only tenant for Kansas City that would have been it. But here's what really happened. The Kansas City Outlaws, they played out their season They nearly sold out their first couple of games, and then it went south very quickly. They were among the worst in the league in attendance. In fact, despite the lockout, their average attendance was around 2,800 per game, and that was it. Their final game was an 8-1 victory over the Fort Wayne Comets. And after the final game, it was reported that um, a local printing company filed a lawsuit for non-payment against the team. And that lawsuit totaled $45,000. It was dismissed. And then the final hammer dropped on the Kansas City Outlaws. And this is from their official website. This was their official press release dated April 15th, 2005. Quote, The Kansas City Outlaws announced today that they have suspended operations in the United Hockey League for the 05-06 season effective immediately. The team will either transfer to another market or attempt to sell the franchise outright. End quote. And there is more here on this release, so I'll read the rest of it. Quote, The franchise averaged less than 2,800 fans per game playing in Kemper Arena. Despite a very strong marketing effort by the Outlaws and its staff, the team was never able to capture the imagination of the Kansas City market and rekindle the hockey flame that existed with the Kansas City Blades. 
Kansas City sports and entertainment fans never gave us the opportunity to become a part of their lives, and that is very disappointing. With the demise of the Blades four years ago, perhaps people have found other avenues for entertainment. Hockey may have become too foreign, said Richard Adler, team president. End quote. Ooh, those are pretty harsh words. I mean, to call out the fans and say they never gave us a chance, that is not a way to build your fan base. So can you imagine if the Ducks went into that market with the KC fans a bit of a sour taste in their mouths from hockey from the Kansas City Outlaws? That would have been an unmitigated mess to go into the 05-06 season, possibly their first in Kansas City. Would the fans have welcomed the Mighty Ducks with open arms? I think Kansas City would have welcomed the Mighty Ducks like the fans of L.A. welcomed the San Diego Chargers. I still call them that to this day. I still think of them as the San Diego Chargers and not the Los Angeles Chargers. I still believe that was not the right move by the NFL, but I digress. So that's what I think would have happened. The Ducks would have moved to Kansas City. It might not have gone so well. They would have averaged a few thousand fans. That might have been it. And who knows? The Mighty Ducks could have moved after that. Maybe they would have moved 10, 12 years later. Much like the Atlanta Thrashers. Hmm, that's one of the teams that was quoted in the article on the AP article. Hmm, David McDavid, one of the other people that had a bit on it. He purchased the Thrashers. They only lasted over a decade. The same could have happened with the Kansas City team. They could have moved by, let's say, 2017, 2018. And who knows? They could have moved to somewhere like Quebec City or maybe back to Anaheim. But I guess we'll never know because the lockout did happen. And thank goodness the lockout happened because as it turned out, because the lockout happened, one group backed out, the other group backed out, and the only team left standing to purchase the team was the Samuelis. They bought the team after the lockout ended, and they took over day-to-day in June 2005. And then the year after that, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim were no more, and they become the team that you now know as the Anaheim Ducks. So that is my story. Here's what I'm going to say one more time. What if there was no lockout? The Mighty Ducks would have moved to Kansas City to become a different team. They would have had trouble drawing a crowd because of the Kansas City Outlaws and their failure. The Ducks would have eventually moved out of Kansas City to a different market. And who knows what would have happened at that point. But I'm going to say it right now. If there was no lockout, there would be no 2007 Stanley Cup champion Anaheim Ducks. That's my story. I'm sticking to that. And with that, we're going to wrap things up after I gave the dogs a walk. You can hear this podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And if you want to talk hockey with me, Email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyGG. Okay, I want to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think would have really happened if there was no lockout? Do you think the Ducks would have moved? Do you think they would have stayed? I want to hear your thoughts on this. So please let me know. Hit me up on Twitter once again 
at LO underscore Ducks or at StimpyJD. And next week, we're probably going to have more about this playoff seeding, the 2014 playoffs. Who knows what could happen between now and Monday, Tuesday. But next week, we'll have more on that. And it is the last week of May. So let's see what else we can talk about next week. And I want to thank you all for listening. We will still have podcasts going into next week and into the rest of the offseason, hopefully into some more hockey. But I guess we'll see, right? So once again, thank you all for listening. Be safe out there. Please be kind to everyone. And yeah, that's a lot to say. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, everyone. Practice social distancing. Stay safe out there. And hey, Anaheim, Ducks fly together.